It's time. The keys to victory for the San Francisco 49ers to beat those Seattle Seahawks in week two of the NFL season. Got some new video of Trey Lance, uh, maybe at a house party. Is he at the club uh, throwing some cash around? Interesting. Uh, his uh, combatant from last week, quarterback Justin Fields, has some comments about Trey not getting hit as much and should get down and slide a little bit better. Uh, we got a ton to get to. George Kittle practicing. Is he going to play or not on today's Locked On 49? You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter. Say hi to us on Twitter. Drop a question if you want uh, on the podcast, and we will cover anything you would like us to cover. Croc, I'm blown away how fast the week has gone. That it's already Thursday. Thursday night football is going to happen in a bit. Uh, this is going to be the Friday morning podcast, so we don't know the results yet of Thursday night football. But, man, the league comes at you fast. So much happens throughout the offseason. We're like, what are we going to talk about today, this week? We've got weeks planned out, and all of a sudden it's like the season starts, boom, 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 Monday night football to Thursday. It feels like Tuesday and Wednesday don't even exist. Right, especially with me traveling on Monday. So, I mean, this week has gone by even faster for me. I just got back from Chicago, you know, Monday afternoon or whatever. Yeah. And now it's like, wow, it's already Thursday. And Thursday yeah, for me, for the most part, is kind of my last like, work day. Right, like mm-hmm. most of my work, obviously podcast train. For the most part, everything's kind of Monday through Thursday. I mean, we we record Sunday evening. Yeah, it's, it's Monday through of, Thursday. Pretty much is kind of my work day, my work week. Yeah, Sunday so, night through Friday morning for me. So Friday afternoons are usually pretty clear, and Saturday is like my one day a week that I have completely off. And you know, I call it work, and it's fun to sit around and watch football all day. Like, sorry, honey, working today, watching football all day long on a Sunday. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's crazy once you get in season, how fast all this comes together. I do want to yeah. remind everybody that today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. We'll talk about that line for the 49ers and Seahawks game a little bit later. Croc gave his predictions for the game on yesterday's crossover pod with Corbin Smith of Locked On Seahawks. 20 to 17 with a game winning field goal kick by Robbie Gold. There it is. I'm going to give my. Uh, prediction on the game at the end of today's program let's start with trey lance and uh, i want to play this audio here of justin fields talking about he was asked about sliding and how come it looks different with him sliding versus trey lance and uh, i thought it was a really funny comment an interesting comment by justin fields about uh, his guy Trey Lance. Do you have a philosophy of when you're going to slide and when you're not going to slide? Because uh, we watched Lance, you know, he kind of went forward a lot. You do slide a lot. Do you have a? Do you have yeah, a- I mean, I got to talk to my boy Trey. I think he was taking too many hits out there. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, but you know, I try to not take hits at all, to be honest with you, unless it's you know, games in line. You know, third and short, fourth and short, or fourth and short, or we're on the goal line. That's the really only time that you know I'm taking a hit but other than that I'm, I'm I'm pretty much in the slide so you know for all the defenders out there that you know think I'm gonna stay up I'm not so <laughs> don't worry about getting those late hits on me but, yeah. man the double whammy there croc not only talking about Trey taking too many hits and we talked about that on the podcast don't really like uh, seeing Trey get hit a lot um and when you're gonna call because there and, and I love what it's actually really smart what he said right there about the he knows there's going to be some hits throughout the game 
you know, uh, the QB sneaks. I like that for Trey Lance. He's a big, powerful guy. You, you want to take advantage of being able to go get that fourth and one, right? Being able to go get that short yardage play. So, you know, throughout the game, he's going to take some hits. He might get sacked. Um, there's going to be times where he scrambles and you want him to get down and, and limit those things. So the more you call plays, you start calling QB power and, and more of these other quarterback runs and there's going to be some rpos there's going to be some zone read and you know depending on what the defense does you're going to be carrying the ball there so you're naturally going to carry the ball a lot if you're athletic like trey lance and justin fields are so you want to take away as many of those extra hits as you can so that's why i don't like calling that many planned runs for the quarterback and that's why you got to see trey slide a little bit so i agree with justin fields about that and we talked about on the podcast post game how good and how easy it looks when when Justin Fields slides and then throwing the dig at the 49ers. And this has probably happened a lot to, to Justin Fields throughout his career, the late hits, because you're so good at sliding, slide a little bit late. And he kind of does that pop-up slide where he leaves his head exposed still. And he still takes those hits, but I guess it's worth it to him. If he's going to get a 15 yard penalty out of it. It's worth it. But even then he's like, he's saying, like, Hey, you, you don't gotta, don't even try to hit me. I'm going to slide. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I do, I look at it as like, yeah, you're going to slide until you don't, <laughs> you know, uh, so or until you yeah don't slide. And then that puts the defender in a vulnerable position. So right. it's tough when you have someone who slides as late as he does, but he has a really nice natural slide. And you can clearly tell like this guy was a baseball player and slid feet first a lot as opposed to Trey Lance. It almost looks like he doesn't know how to get down. Now, there are other guys in the league who struggle with sliding. And you just have to figure out how you're going to get down without taking those shots. Because Trey Lance was, when we talk about taking unnecessary hits, it, it wasn't just that, okay, I'm getting down, somebody's on top of me. I mean, they were mushing him, pushing down on his head, his shoulder, you know, all that. And when you're out on the open field like that and you're a runner, you're not going to be protected. So definitely just slide a little bit more. It, it's easy to say, oh, slide more. But in the times when he doesn't slide, He's, he's trying to make something happen for the 49ers, right? There's a third and 13, and he's meeting the guys as he's approaching the, the first down marker. And as he puts his head down, he gets it. He gets the first down. So, you know, do you want him to take away from that and be a little short? And then you have to punt. I saw him uh, early in the game when, you know, I thought Kyle Shanahan should have went for it on fourth down, but he ended up being like a half yard short, mostly because – he put his head down. So you definitely want him to prepare himself, figure out another way to kind of get down without taking the punishment. Lamar Jackson has done an amazing job of doing that. He's not somebody that slides. He goes down kind of feet first, but he kind of gives himself up in a way to where it's really hard to get those shots on him, square it up. Uh, watch some Lamar Jackson film and learn how to get down. <laughs> yeah, you can get out of bounds too if you're on the boundary. Uh, there's there there's certain quarterbacks that are good at getting kind of, they kind of go head first, but they go to the open space head first so you know they're giving themselves up but it's not really a foot first slide so yeah there's a lot of ways to do it and it's kind of like the Debo thing too it's one thing getting tackled by somebody in the secondary and you know a small a person who's smaller than you maybe a drag down chet tackle but it's something else a high speed impact with a linebacker or you know getting fallen on by a 300 pounder different sort of or tackles. add a little weight and and get big like josh allen because he's <laughs> He, he ain't sliding. <laughs> Have you seen Josh Allen slide before? Uh, I feel like he has, but I feel like he's one of those guys that does the, the early head first slide where he goes head first, but he doesn't dive into the player. He just gets down on the ground, but head first. But he, he does I, take I feel like he's trying to run through people. Oh, he, he does, especially if it's a, a somebody in the secondary. Too. Well, last game, he stiff armed somebody into the ground. Yeah, that was a that was a DB, a safety. I think they got maybe a corner. 
they got stiff arm. He's bigger though. I mean, he's like whatever he was coming out. I feel like he's put on fifteen pounds. Yeah, it's like six five to forty or something, right? Yeah, he's probably like two fifty. Large man, large human being. Um, all right, Croc. There's video circulating of Trey Lance. Uh, not it's either a slip strip club, maybe a back room, maybe it's a house party where they had uh, the girls over. But uh, there's girls dancing and he's throwing around. I assume that it's not ones, but I don't know. You know, Probably he, ones. He's a, he's a he's a bonus baby. I, I think he's throwing twenties. Maybe I don't think it's hundreds, but uh, he was throwing down around a lot of cash. And look, I don't know. Like I don't he even had know too he much cash in his hands. Did you look at his arm? I mean, it was like a stack, like from his <laughs> wrist all the way to like his shoulder of cash. So it, that had to be ones. Most people are laughing at it, and and I'm laughing at it too. I I don't know if it's a great look if you're your starting quarterback is throwing around dollar bills with ladies throughout the week, but whatever you're doing on your free time, do whatever on your free time as long as you're not doing anything illegal or bad for you. And uh, so I, I don't really think much of it. And I know we were talking off the air crock. It's, it's not an unpopular thing to do for NFL players in some downtime to go to the strip club. Right. Well, I mean, first of all, strip clubs. Now he wasn't eating, but I know people that literally will go to strip clubs. Yeah. You, you know, you get to see, you know, the fun stuff or whatever, but they like the food there. <laughs> and, just go for dinner. Like, yeah, just they, they dinner. want the chicken wings. They want the steak. They want all those things. Uh, obviously, Trey Lance wasn't into any of that right there. It looked like he was just trying to have a good time in the yeah. corner. But, you know what's funny is he just looked like he was having fun throwing cash around. Yeah. Right? Like he had a big smile on his face. He's like, this is fun throwing money into the air. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think for yeah. him it's just his name is in the news so much right now that you know, that's when it doesn't look, you know, it's not a great look. And he's, he's such a young guy, too. And he seems like a 22. Wholesome, he seems I like mean, a wholesome it, dude. But it's like it's kind of like after school special almost. It's like, oh, this was remember. Remember back to 2022 as Trey Lance got talked into going to the strip club, and was throwing money around. That was the beginning of the end. And it's like some cautionary tale or something. But no, it's <laughs> obviously not a huge deal. I my my favorite story, Croc, that you told before here on the podcast was that when you were, I think it was when you were with the Jets and like yeah. you weren't the bonus baby, right? Uh, one of the other players gave you a wad to throw around. A couple thousand. <laughs> I love that. You're like, come on, Croc. The strip club is a very popular place. And there are there are some people where it's almost like a culture, like a strip club culture. Now, I'm not into that because I'm just not into wasting money and I'm very frugal. But there are other guys that like that's part of their routine. You know, they, they can study their film, do practice, Head to the chick bar, whatever you want to call it, right? Oh, uh, you could probably watch film while you're there, right? Like this day and age, get a little tablet going. Although you can't be filming, right? And that's that's the other you thing. Can't here. film. That's the big no-no. Someone brought out a phone and filmed this. Like that's a huge no-no. That person well, is not. You can tell he was trying to sneak it too. Whatever house they were at, he's not invited to the next party. That's for sure. Not not at all. He or she. You can tell he was sneaking it. It was like, you know. <laughs> like, let me get a quick glance at Trey Lance and yeah. other people then come back to Trey Lance real quick. Yeah, that's put my why, phone away. That's why when you go to certain places, you have to put your phone in a hat before you even walk in the door. Well, I, I know a lot of athletes that that is a requirement. You go to their home, put your phone in the uh, bin, you get on the way out. <laughs> yep. I've seen yep. it. And I've your keys, it. too, so you don't drive impaired. Oh, yeah, that, too. Yes, sir. All right. All right, Croc. You know a little bit about that, too. You were a bartender, so. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got to be smart. And you see a lot of people not being smart yeah. when you're on that side of the bar. That's for sure. Uh, Croc, 
we got to talk keys to victory here. We got to talk injury report and namely one very, very important player to the San Francisco 49ers, George Kittle. He was not at practice. Does that mean he is once again not going to play in week two? But first, let's tell the folks about one of our newest sponsors, Turo, the world's largest car sharing marketplace which is fantastic. And I went on the Turo app and I was blown away at some of the, the cars like, like croc. What, what, what would be like the coolest car you could think of that you'd want to drive around town right now? Ferrari Lamborghini there. I don't know about in Monticello, Arkansas, but in the Bay area, California, there's somebody with a Ferrari and you could, you could get that car and get a classic car, a luxury car, go special event i show up to croc's house and i'm like yo what's up let's go to, for a ride in the ferrari and they're like did you buy this car and i'd be like no i didn't i got it on turo just for the evening so let's be nice to it uh by the way every trip is backed by liability insurance terms and conditions do apply there uh but not only luxury cars for special events but a spacious suv minivan you need to take the family on a road trip you just need an affordable economy car on a budget to get from point a to point b you can find a Turo host near you that has that for you all across the United States, Canada, and the UK. Many Turo hosts actually can even deliver the car right to you as well. So ditch that boring rental car and find your drive at Turo.com. Thanks again, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for your second listen. Make sure you're checking out Peacock and Williamson, myself and former NFL scout Matt Williamson coming at you daily, talking about the entire league here on the network and Croc, along with Ryan Tracy doing Locked On NFL Draft. And with the college football season, get going tons of prospects to talk about maybe some future 49ers being covered over there at Locked On NFL Draft. George Kittle. How important is George Kittle, Croc? Because uh, I think he was pretty important for week one. He was not out there. The 49ers did have some trouble after some early success with Debo and Elijah Mitchell, they had some trouble running the football. And I think George Kittle would help there. And obviously he's got his ability in the pass game as well. Um, he has not practiced still this week. And judging by his comments, I thought he was going to have a chance to practice this week and play. And he has not practiced yet as of Thursday, which pretty much indicates he's probably not going to play now on Sunday against the Seahawks. That's tough. And I saw a stat roll across the bottom of my screen when I was watching the NFL Network. And it said the 49ers in the last 10 games that uh, George Kittle has missed, how many games do you think they've won out of the 10? Two. They have won two. Wow. Two, they are two and eight in his last 10 games that he has missed. So that doesn't bode well for the 49ers, right? Maybe he's the, uh, the bad luck, good luck. Charm. When he's on the field, you win more. When he's not, remember, he came back that one year. He missed most of the season. Came back at the very end to play against Arizona. And the 49ers won the game, right? So they win more uh, when he's out there as opposed to him being out. And big blow. You, you just want to be able to utilize him. It makes your offense more dynamic. It makes your offense more versatile. Just the things he's able to do. And then the potential of the run-after-catch opportunities. And I've always talked about it as well. You match him up against guys in space. He's a terrific route runner. And I don't know why he's so underrated with it. But you miss that. You miss that guy that could put his foot in the ground, get across people's face, catch, and get, pick, up a, pick you up a cheap 20, 30 more yards. And uh, if you're Trey Lance or even Jimmy Garoppolo, not having him, that is a big blow to the offense. He's a leader. He's a captain. His energy 
uh, his ability to block, he makes the 49ers better every single play, whether he's targeted or not. We've talked about how they need to feature him more in the passing game like they once did. So uh, I think it's big that, that George Kittle isn't out there. And hopefully he's able to go. But you also, it's a it's a groin injury. You don't want him to hurt himself either. So if it's, if it's better that he misses the first two weeks and then he's healthy for the other 15 weeks, then okay. But man, it, it is... It is really nice to have him out there and you don't worry about like Croc's trying to trade him. Right. And then all of a sudden you see 49ers <laughs> without him. And then you're like, yeah, you know what? Probably shouldn't trade him because he's too valuable. Nah, nah, man, I'm not trying to trade him. I'm going to get all kinds of text messages. You know, the funny thing is after that episode, a lot of people joked with me about that. So I kind of, yeah. I kind of like that. They, they got the humor behind it. Uh, Croc is the, is it as simple as this for the number one key to victory? We talked about it yesterday in the, the crossover episode is the number one key to victory. Just getting the, the penalties cleaned up? You know, I, I think so. Just overall being more disciplined, right? So discipline in the sense of penalties and, or discipline in the sense of not turning the rock over. And I think those are two things or two areas where the 49ers lost, and that was why they lost, right? Uh, you look at the Seattle Seahawks against the uh, Denver Broncos. And if you just look at the box score, Denver dominated that game in every aspect of the game. Except for, guess what? Penalties and turnovers. Mm-hmm. And they turned it over twice on the one-yard line. So there are a lot of people that are, I don't want to say worried about the Seahawks. I mean, you always know Seahawks, 49ers. Seahawks are going to bring it, period. But there's, they're more worried because of what they feel like they saw Monday night. And when I watch it, and like I just said, Monday night, they're coming off a short week. But when I watch that game, I look at a Denver Broncos game, much like, or Denver Broncos team, much like the 49ers, you lost the game. And those are the worst. When you blow it, when you do things to uh, contribute to a loss in a game that you feel like you should have won, Corbin said it best. The Seattle, C- excuse me, the Denver Broncos drove the ball into Seattle territory every single drive. That's, that's wild, right? So that's a team right there where now just take advantage of the opportunities that they'll give you and don't create these, uh, I think it was, Seattle, Seattle had like seven first downs on penalties. You can't, you can't let that happen because then Geno Smith gets in a rhythm. He gets in a groove. Uh, you know, maybe he hits a big one to DK Metcalf. You leave room for things like that to happen, which happened in the Chicago game where teams are supposed to be off the field. 49ers have one of the highest graded defenses in the NFL week one. But a couple plays, a couple little boneheaded mistakes here and there cost them the game. Can't let that happen again. Absolutely not. Speaking of something else that Corbin said, he he seemed to think that the Seahawks matched up well in the passing game with their receivers against the 49ers corners. And I don't think he knows much about 49er corners. I, I agree. And it's something that sort of just dawned on me when he was talking about it. And I talked about how good uh, Charvarius Ward has been playing. And, you know, he wasn't as impressed with the signing. And the fact that we've seen him so much, Emmanuel Mosley, probably the most underrated cornerback in the entire NFL, possibly, because nobody. I, don't, I think most people don't even know who Emmanuel Mosley is. It is fascinating, though. If you were on the outside looking in, you see the 49ers have two corners that were undrafted free agents. Yeah. And, and I feel good about it, right? The 49ers feel good about their undrafted free agent cornerbacks. They spent a lot of money to bring in Charvarius Ward, and he's looked every bit the part since he showed up, too. So 
Um, I think that's a good matchup for the 49ers. Like, D, I mean, DK's a freak. He can make some plays for sure. Tyler Lockett's always been really good, always been a thorn on the 49ers side. You know, and he can catch the ball over the middle of the field, might be even more on safeties and linebackers and than even corners, which is probably where I'd be more worried about, you know, the safeties. And it, it kind of hurt the 49ers last week. As good as Talanoa Hufanga played, he actually admitted that uh, he, he left some things out there. And as did D'Amico Ryans, by the way. D'Amico Ryans answered our question we talked about earlier on in the week. He said, uh, yeah, the, the safety's got to be there. They got to be home and, and prevent those big plays, especially on the Dante Pettis one. He's like, you can't you can't go that aggressively after the quarterback until he's crossed the line of scrimmage. So that's what D'Amico Ryan's had to say about it. So got to stay home there uh, on the back end, and you can't get beat because it only takes one or two plays to really change the game like it did against the Bears. But as far as the corners go, I'm just not worried about Emmanuel Mosley and Traverius Ward. That's the last, the least of my worries as it comes to the 49ers. They play well. And Mosley has done a terrific job guarding DK Metcalf. Now, DK, he can hit you up at any time, right? But just in the sense of challenging him uh, throughout the game, not making things easy for him, and we've seen them have some explosive plays against the 49ers, I think Mosley is a guy who can, at the very least, limit that. As a matter of fact, I mean, I really like, if I'm the 49ers, I do a little bit of following in this game. I want Ward on Metcalf, and I want Mosley on Lockett. And I just think their skill sets for those type of guys, Ward, his skill set, taller, longer guy, maybe not quite as fluid as a uh, Emmanuel Mosley, but still moves well. I've seen, I watched some workout videos of him, how he challenges himself, kind of stole a couple drills. I really liked what I saw. Uh, but I think he bodes well against a guy like DK Metcalf, as opposed to Emmanuel Mosley, very fluid, guy that's good from off coverage, quick-footed. Put him on a guy like uh, title Lockett. I think that matchup right there, and they won't do it. 49ers play left guy, left side, right side. But if they wanted to, I think that's how I would do some things at least 30% of the time. Now, you're not even saying you have to do it every play, but 30% of the time, if I'm going to go, man, it's a key situation third down, I'm going to do that. And even more so with uh, the Seahawks moving DK around a little bit. I, I watched the game, and not to say I was paying attention to every snap, but I definitely know I looked and, is that DK Metcalf in a the slot? They're moving him around a little bit now. I want Traverius Ward on him. Yeah, and, and DK does line up more on the left than on the right, a lot more, uh, even though he is on the slot, usually still on the left side, although the he, it's not quite like it was at Ole Miss or anything like that, but I, I do see DK Metcalf lined up on the left a lot more, which means it's going to be Mosley a lot more because Mosley's right and Traverius Ward's left corner for the most part. Uh, the 49ers don't follow and, and don't move, flip those guys around all that much. So uh, those are going to be the matchups. DK mostly on Mosley and maybe uh, Lockett mostly on Ward and then maybe one or the other on uh, on uh, Samuel Womack in the slot occasionally. So we'll see how that works out for the 49ers. I'm not too worried about the outside corners. Next, we've got more keys to victory, and I'll give my prediction for week two 49ers and Seahawks. And if you want to get in on the action, you can. Eight and a half points at Bet Online, your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports information this season. Eight and a half is a lot of points for a team that lost and didn't look great doing it in week one with the 49ers and a, a team that was better than people expected. And I think it's more a function of um, the preseason rankings still filtering in with these Odds in week two, eight and a half is a lot of points in this game. I'll get to that a little bit more later, but you can bet on the 49ers to win the Super Bowl. You can bet on Kyle Shanahan for coach of the year. You can bet on Mike McCarthy to be the first NFL coach fired this season. You can find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, odds, news, 
podcasts at Bet Online, and of course the lines for Week Two throughout the season at Bet Online, which is your continued source for not just sports wagering but information as well. Football, Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, golf, esports, you name it, you've got it. Live in-game betting as well. So get over to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action at Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, Croc, keys to victory. I've got one for you, and this one is huge. So the Seahawks roll into week one, and I know they had an impressive win on Monday Night Football against a team that was supposed to beat them, against a quarterback that was supposed to come beat them. But now that they've come back down to earth and they were all pumped for week one and, and they beat the they beat they sort of had a sneak attack and and beat the uh, the Denver Broncos there. Now they're traveling to San Francisco. They've got their first away game of the season. And then you start to break it down, and you look at it. It's like, okay, well, that was all fun and games, but this is still Geno Smith we're talking about. This is still a guy that Eric Crocker picked off in 2012, 2013. 2013. Um, and it was on accident, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, but this Russell will like, let's not get it twisted. Russell Wilson's still a lot better quarterback than Geno Smith. You're not a better team because Russell Wilson's gone. You got a starting rookie left tackle. You got a starting rookie right tackle. You got a starting rookie at corner and a number three rookie at corner. You've got a rookie defensive end, uh, your rookie running back in the second your round. Your other starting corner. Hold on. Not to cut, but yeah, you got a starting rookie at corner. Your yeah. other starting corner has been a journeyman. Yeah. You know, Michael Jackson, he's been kind of, I saw him on the Cowboys. I saw him on the Patriots. I saw, you know, he's never been able to kind of stick to one spot. Been on some practice squad. So, it, not to say Michael Jackson can't be good. You know, hope he does well throughout the season. Just not against the 49ers. I've been following him on Instagram since his Miami days. But yeah, 49ers, you got to be able to take advantage of that. But you, you, you kind of mentioned a couple guys, and as we talk about keys, and here's the key right here. You got, and you mentioned them: the left tackle, right tackle. Those guys are rookies. Got Abraham Lincoln out of Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lucas. <laughs> All right. Now Abraham Lincoln. Okay. But you got Abraham Luke, Lucas, right tackle out of Washington State. And you got Charles Cross. Now, Charles Cross, he's he's solid tackle. Top 10 pick. Everybody liked him. Uh, people had him in any kind of order between, you know, ta- uh, tackle one and tackle three. All right. Now, you're going up against Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa lines up a lot off of that right side. He will move around a lot. But one thing that happened last week with Abraham Lucas, he, he got Abraham Lucas. Charles Cross, Charles Cross got caught twice for holding. So when you look at Nick Bosa and what he's able to do, we know he's going to win a lot. He's going to win right now. He's going to win with his hands. And he's going to force holding penalties if they call it. But there is the potential for that there. Now, Abraham Lucas, and I evaluate him. I, I liked him a lot. I thought he was a guy who would be taken like in the second round, late second round, where he actually went early third. And the one thing I felt like he had an issue with a lot of times was speed and quickness off of the edge. The 49ers have a couple guys that I feel bring that type of athletic ability to the table. And that's Ebicam and Drake Jackson. Both of those guys are fluid movers, especially Ebicam, really good athlete uh, rushing off the edge. So if you can get him to kind of panic a little bit and kind of rush some of his technique, I think he's a guy that could be had. So I I really look at, and we talk about keys to victory, the 49ers defensive line, being able to do a little bit. They got after it last week. They got after it. And And the equalizer was really Justin Fields because he's an elite athlete. Geno Smith can move. 
is he an elite athlete or anything like Justin Fields? I, I wouldn't go that far. I think this is an opportunity for the 49ers defensive line to really get after it. And we're talking about the second best Kobe Bryant. And we're talking about at least what, what the at best, the fourth best Michael Jackson, right? You got the King of pop. You got the old wide receiver from the Cleveland Browns, Michael Jackson. Do you remember Mike Jackson, the, uh, the closer for like the Cleveland Indians? Yeah. You know, the old baseball closer. He always had a big chew in his lip. So this Michael Jackson, like the fourth best, maybe Michael Jackson. And I'm probably, <laughs> missing one. so um, yeah, you can't let those guys beat you and you can't let a rookie corner not get torched a time or two. And it didn't happen last week against the Broncos, but you got to test them at least. And you got to, you got to give them all that they can handle up front. And I, and look, it might be a great, it might be an all time draft class. I don't know. Like they're, they're good players. And I like their draft immediately following. And it looks like some, some good returns, but uh, they're going to have some rookie mistakes. You got to force those rookie mistakes if you're the 49ers. If I'm the 49ers and you talk about forcing those rookie mistakes, can I get Brandon Ayuk in the slot? against Kobe Bryant. And I don't know if Kobe Bryant plays in the slot typically, but I know I watched a few snaps of him playing in the slot, and you saw what happened. He gave up that big touchdown, severely underthrown ball by Russell Wilson. But, hey, all you got to do is give a guy a chance. And he gave uh, Jerry Judy an opportunity. He caught it, threw the guy to the ground, and ran off for a touchdown. It was a really long touchdown. Well, I want to get Ayuk and that quickness up against him. Or, or I don't know if he'll be suiting up. Can I get Danny Gray matched up in the slot against Kobe Bryant? And I don't know if the 49ers will suit him up, but if they do, if he's active on game day, you got a matchup there that you could potentially take advantage of. Kobe Bryant had really good technique at Cincinnati. He was purely an outside guy. And again, I watched him in the slot on the play, but I don't know if there was a running back outside of Jerry Judy, so that's why the outside guy was in the slot. But where was Michael Jackson on that play? I have to go back and watch it again. But if they are playing Kobe Bryant in the slot, uh, uh, Danny Gray, uh, I, I want to sue him up. I want to be able to take advantage of someone who's not as athletically gifted as Danny Gray. And, hey, you are going to run straight. And this is where you miss George Kittle because you can run double seams with Kittle on one side and Gray on the other, make the safety pick. Who do you want to help? You're going to help Danny Gray because you got a rookie covering him, or are you going to help on George Kittle? You know, and now when you don't have George Kittle, you just kind of miss out on that a little bit. And if you're using a ton of wide back, then you don't have that uh, uh, Debo Samuel over the middle of the field either. So you don't have either one of your middle of the field weapons taking up that space, causing problems, catch and run stuff, uh, which is which are staples of Kyle Shanahan's offense. Here's one that we'll end on, Croc, because um, I've been trying to figure this one out before I make my prediction. Who's going to lead the 49ers in carries in week two? Because hearing Kyle Shanahan talk about it, like the wide back is for sure here to stay. And Debo is going to be a factor. And I, I get the feeling that he's going to probably carry the ball more than anybody this year, especially well, with Elijah Mitchell. That's what I would, do. That what I would do. If if I don't have Elijah Mitchell, and this is, I don't want to say it, it's a must win. It's a very important win for a game for Trey Lance. But just in the sense of getting back on track, and then, you know, next two weeks you got Denver, you got L.A. You don't want to look ahead, but you definitely don't want to go into those games down 0-2, right? So I'm pulling out all the stops. What do I have to do to win? I think it's get the ball in Debo Samuel's hand as much as I can, even if that means out of the backfield. He's our most dynamic runner. I believe in his last game against Chicago, he averaged over six yards per carry. I'm going to continue to try to get the ball in his hands any way possible. It's not wet this time. Well, dang, it will be wet. That's going to be wet again. But screens, uh, different things around the line of scrimmage, 
stretch Seattle out, sideline to sideline. I'm doing whatever I have to do to get the ball in Debo Samuel's hands. I would give him the ball. I, I'm not even joking. I don't want him to get hurt, but he carried the ball 12, 13 times if it were up to Eric Crocker. Hey, do you think the 49ers have a big advantage now just because they played in the rain last week, heavy rain, to be able to play in the rain again and have just, have just practiced basically in that but a little bit lighter rain? Uh, like Trey Lance, he played in North Dakota, bad weather, right? But the well, he the, played in the dome. Yeah, it's the Fargo dome. So like, has he literally? I haven't. Has he ever played in a game in, in rain in his life? I don't know. Like that's the thing with Trey Lance. Like he's yeah. he's seeing a lot of stuff for the first time. He's probably seeing certain schemes and certain defenses for the first time, certain game plans for the first time, playing in the rain for the first time. He's played so little football. Like that's why we preach so much patience with Trey Lance. Like he needs reps in learning all these things. He gets to come back the next week. Like, Oh yeah. Now I know what it's like to try to throw a quick screen and not be able to get my fingers on the seams. Cause both quarterbacks were missing those throws. It was like, Oh, that's awful. Why are they missing these throws? Well, it's, it's easier to throw probably with the seam and be able to get a good grip on the ball in the rain than just trying to grab it and throw it without the seams. So there's, there's a lot of things I'm sure he could have learned. And then I'm sure, you know, just everybody on the field is like, okay, we we're used to this. We just played in the rain. Let's do it again. Correct. Yeah. I mean, experience as the best teacher and you don't have a lot of it. You got to figure it out or get it. However you can feels a lot better when you get it in a win, but obviously 49ers, uh, got a, you got an opportunity right now to get back on track at home against the Seattle Seahawks. So, uh, are we going to get your prediction? We got my prediction right here. 49ers by eight, 24-16, which means the eight and a half line. It's that half point. I don't like it. It's too big. So don't go betting on the 49ers to win, but I think the 49ers will win this one. I've got them winning by eight, 24 to 16, and Geno Smith's going to come back down to earth, and uh, Nick Bosa's probably pretty pissed off after last weekend. Look, just the 49ers defense getting their legs under them, getting their lungs under them. They were gassed in the second half. Uh, I, I don't think we're going to see a replay of that. I don't think we're going to see a replay of the penalties. I don't think we're going to see a replay of the turnovers necessarily, even though it might be a little bit wet. No Debo fumbles in the red zone. 49ers win this one easy. Yeah, 49ers play a clean game last week. I mean, they they run away with that one. Absolutely. And again, you, you got to play the game. You got to play the clean game. But I, I think the team that we feel like the 49ers are will show up much more on, on Sunday. And then everybody would be like, oh, well, it was just the Seahawks. You know, they only, they only, they just beat the Seahawks. That's it. I mean, who do they have? Go, go do that against Denver. Go do that against the Rams. Yeah, well, hey, no matter what happens in week two, week three and four got start to get real serious. And we were talking about how, yeah. man, 49ers are 500 after four weeks. That'd be huge. And right now, I, I'd take that all day for the 49ers to be 500 after four weeks. Yeah. So to win two out of the next three. So uh, we'll see. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think the 49ers are going to show up uh, a lot stronger than they did in week one here against the Seahawks in week two. Maybe just what the 49ers need, a little slap in the face, a little wake-up call in Chicago in week number one. And, of course, Croc and I will have everything that happens Sunday covered for you right here. Locked on 49ers.